Hello there, listener. Yes, you specifically. You should know that sometimes, due to the things we discuss on the pod, it might contain potentially triggering content. But the good news is you can always review the episode descriptions for a full list of the warnings applicable to this episode. Oh, and just so you know, this podcast is rated R for really filthy. It includes adult themes and explicit content, so if you're an adult, buckle up, gird your loins, and prepare to flood the basement, because we are going down with these ships. Oh, the cannon-based world is frightful, but the ships are all delightful. We stand where we used to squig, so we picked you some fun festive it doesn't show signs of stopping. We can hear your jaws all dropping. So excited we're almost sick to be reading some fan-written fig. When Tamari just hit so right, we both knew this would go down a storm. So just buckle up and sit tight. We've got some gold to perform. By the end of this, we'll be crying. And we're useless at goodbying, but we know that you'll love this so. Please enjoy our surprise Christmas show. Hi, welcome back to Care of Magical Shippers. This is our part two of our Happy Shipmas collection of holiday fic that we're reading for you. To get us started, Nathan will be reading us a story by far... We still don't know how to say it. Farbautidater, the author of The Seduction of Arthur Weasley. This one is called Unexpected. It's a Remus Lily Severus polyfic, which I'm really excited about. It is a bit angsty with some references to implied abuse, but it has a really nice fluffy ending for you. So I hope you enjoy. Okay, so I have one to read to you. It's a longer one, mm-hmm. uh, and it's by... Uh, far bouty Dottie, uh, mm-hmm. who whose name you may recognise because we featured a fic of theirs on our pod before, listeners. If you're e- the eagle-eared among you, will have spotted it. Uh, it was to do with Arthur slash Lucius. Well, this one is a Remus Lupin slash Lily Evans Potter slash Severus Snape. Oh. Uh, Oh, this is going to be so great. Oh, you have plenty of reason to get excited. Now, the only reason I'm slightly nervous to read this to you is because my Snape voice is not where it needs to be. But we'll, <laughs> run with, we'll run with what I have, and I will try and make it as good for you as I possibly can, okay? All right. Um, so, the summary is, Severus is thrilled to receive an invitation to Professor Slughorn's Christmas party in his fifth year. Finally, he's part of the in-group. But when Lily invites someone else as her date, he isn't quite sure how to handle his feelings. Oh. Oh, and this is, yeah, this is rated G. So it's a G fic too. So is that, but I, oh my Where gosh. are you seeing these? Oh, yes, I see it now. At the top. Now. Yeah, yeah rating, up at the top. Rating G at the top. I was like, where are you getting the ratings from? Use your eyes, Nathan. <laughs> from the uh, literal details. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. Anyway. I'm excited. Considering that I have to read now, this doesn't bode well. I'm but sorry. like, I'm gonna, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go with it. It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> Severus caught the envelope the barn owl dropped over him at the breakfast table in the great hall with some surprise. No one ever sent him mail. 
His mother claimed they couldn't have an owl, given the muggle neighbourhood they lived in. Based on his good friend Lily Evans' ability to keep an owl with her muggle family, he decided this was simply another lie. This was confirmed for him once he'd offered to buy one the summer before his fifth year. He'd started earning money doing his fellow Slytherin's essays in third year. His essays were always a success, and he'd become even more sought after in fourth year. He could easily afford an owl by now, but his mother still refused. It was because of his father. He wasn't just a muggle, he was an abuser. Severus spent most of his time these days feeling guilty for leaving his mother alone with him. The only person who assured him he was neither responsible for his mother's decision to stay, nor for his father's abuse, was Lily. She was his neighbour back in Cokeworth, but here at Hogwarts, she was his only true friend. Despite his lucrative homework business, he wasn't exactly popular. So, the beautiful ivory envelope the barn owl dropped was certainly unexpected. Inside was a beautiful piece of parchment expressing in embossed script that he was invited to Professor Slughorn's Christmas party. Severus smiled with self-satisfaction and a little excitement. The invitation was confirmation he was in the Slug Club. Though he'd been invited to the first event, an awkward dinner with a group of students he had no interest in getting to know more, other than Lily, he hadn't been entirely sure he would make the cut for the Christmas party. Congratulations, someone said. Severus looked up to see Lucinda Talkalot sat across from him. So Lucinda <laughs> Talkalot is an OC and I love that name. I love that name because it tells you everything you need to know about Lucinda. I feel, I feel her essence in my very soul. Severus looked up to see Lucinda Talkalot sat across from him, an ivory invitation of her own in hand. Lucinda was another Slytherin 50, but she was a prefect and had been named Quidditch captain in the fall. Beyond those public facts, Severus knew very little about her. You too, he replied, eyeing her invitation. What do you think Slughorn will bring for you? I hope he brings a big Quidditch professional for me to speak with, she bubbled. Severus mustered some semblance of a smile for her and said, I haven't thought about it too much. Oh, don't be modest, of course you have. It's the entire point of being in the Slug Club. Severus had indeed thought about this, more than he cared to admit to Lucinda, whom he hardly knew. So he gave her a shrug and stood up. We don't know Lucinda either, author. <laughs> it's fine. We, we, we don't know her. I need to get to class, he said. Oh, me too. We can talk more about it in the common room. See you then. Severus nodded vaguely and bolted for the large double doors. The idea of continuing that conversation was not one he wished to dwell on now, let alone actually pursue in practice later. There was only one person he was interested in discussing the Christmas party with, and thankfully she was his partner in their first class on Fridays, Double Potions. He hurried down to the dungeons, turning left towards the classroom instead of right to where the Slytherin common room was located behind a false wall. Sev, wait up, Lily called from the stairs. He stopped in his tracks and spun to face her, a genuine smile on his face that quickly faded when he saw who was with her. I guess I'll talk to you later then, Evans. I don't want to get grease on my robes from your gross little friend's face. James Potter said loudly, Aww. causing his <laughs> raven-haired companion, Sirius Black, to cackle with mirth. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just picturing young Sirius cackling, and it's that's an interesting. It's an interesting sound. Yes. Thank you for that audible bit. I really, I really needed it to like heighten the moment. Yes. We weren't even talking, Potter, Lily protested, but the Gryffindor deviants were already inside the classroom. I love that this author refers to them as deviants. It's so, it's such a wonderfully daring word. It, mm -hmm. It's a really nice, juicy label to give them. Yes, author, I'm with you here. Okay. Are you hanging out with him now? Severus asked her in a tone that was ruder than he'd intended. He followed me out of the Great Hall. He's like an obnoxious puppy. Lily groaned. Severus laughed and let out a sigh of relief. So, you ready for today's lesson? He asked her. They were due to brew Amortentia today. Of course they were. Of course they were. Of course they were. Yeah. Of all the potions they could be brewing, yep. it has to be Amortentia, which, you know, isn't strictly until NEWT level in Snape's in fifth year, but... I know. Amortentia, they'd brew in, literal, in fan fiction in literally every year. So that's just, you know, that's just, that's just the way it is. They just always are brewing Amortentia because that's a healthy thing for students to know how to make. You know what I mean? It's yeah, exactly. It's about as safe for students to make as Veritas Serum Ooh. or the draft of living death. But these are on the curriculum as well. <laughs> uh, I mean, this seems perfectly legit. Mm -hmm. However, I'm with the author because it's in canon in the universe that they do learn to brew Amortentia. It's a little early, but I'm, I'm with so it funny. mostly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so much potential for greatness. Okay, they were due to brew Amortentia today, which was said to be one of the more difficult potions. Severus couldn't wait to try his hand at it. Potioneering was the one thing he truly excelled in. I hope so, but I have you if I run into issues. Lily grinned brightly. Always, said Severus softly. <coughs> what do you think yours will smell like? She asked, leading them into the dank classroom. Oh, I don't know. What about you? He was fairly certain his would smell like Lily, however. Well, it's supposed to be something we love, right? I can't really think of anything I love, though. Oh, that's so I, okay. I, that's real sad. <laughs> I... I, I I know, I know. They're both, you know, they're, they're, they're residents of Cokeworth. They've grown up in a very grim environment. They're like, uh, they're, they're just singing Hadaway's What is Love on repeat over and over. And over. Um, it is, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not a happy time for either of them. I'm guessing, though, that what is going to happen next will, without wanting to spoil the story, there's, there's some other shades of this to, to be considering later on so would you say like this there's like a good amount of like hurt in this like hurt hurt Vic, i guess i well there's some I, well yeah i guess it's tagged it's tagged hurt comfort so yeah you might get yeah, a little there, hurt but... <laughs> definitely it's definitely not just plain fluff yeah. that we you know as we've explored earlier today it's that there are more dimensions to this love story mm -hmm. but well, arguably, that that leads to some really interesting conclusions. Anyway, okay, I will... Okay, here we go. Yeah, let, let's plough on. So Severus replies to Lily not being able to think of anything she really loves. He goes, I absolutely understand. That's, that's what I meant too. Severus smiled at her and she smiled back as they slid into their seats. Severus was about to ask her if she'd gotten an invitation to the Christmas party too and then to see if she wanted to go together when Professor Slughorn called the class to attention and began their lesson. 
Both Severus and Lily got on well with their potions, observing each other's progress and ignoring James's and Sirius's disruptive comments. Severus scribbled down notes in his textbook as they went on with their preferable methods to produce the desired result. You always do that, Lily laughed, watching him make notes. The textbooks are remedial at best. Who knows, maybe one day I'll write my own set. I can see it now. Superior potions for years one through seven, written by the esteemed Professor Severus Snape, Lily said, painting her hand across the air as if to envision his name on a banner. Professor? I should hope that that's not my future. Surely I have more to give than that. Lily giggled before abruptly clearing her throat and refocusing on her cauldron as Professor Slughorn approached them. I see you two are coming along nicely. I had no doubts, of course. The professor boomed proudly. He leaned in a tad and said much more quietly, That's just one of the reasons I've invited you both to the Christmas party. You do plan to attend, I hope? Yes, sir, of course. It's an honour, Lily said. Yes, Professor. I was happy to receive my invitation, Severus said. Splendid, splendid. <laughs> I have some exceptional people for you both to meet. Okay, so in my head, Slughorn is the Sultan from Aladdin in this fake. Splendid, absolutely marvellous. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's the voice I'm doing. He's like bouncing uh, and clapping and overexcitable. Oh my gosh, that's adorable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Splendid, splendid. I have some exceptional people for you both to meet. It'll be exciting. Now, carry on here. I need to check back in with Mr. Black. He seemed to have missed several steps. <laughs> Several steps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he seems to have missed several steps. A shame he's not more like his younger brother. Professor Slughorn sighed wearily and drifted towards Sirius's table. So you're going to the Christmas party? Severus asked once the professor was gone. Yeah, definitely. It's supposed to be really useful for making connections in the wizarding community. I can't really afford not to, given that my family won't exactly be much help. Yeah, same here. I mean... You know, my mum's a witch, but she's not exactly connected. Right, Lily nodded knowingly. They'd discussed their family's limitations for their own lives before. It was just one of the multitudes of topics that seamlessly passed through their conversations over the years. I thought we might go to the party together, if you wanted, Severus asked. Oh, Lily frowned. It could be more fun that way. I thought, Severus said quickly. I mean, we could just go as friends, if that's what the issue is. Lily ducked her head, pretending to focus on her textbook for longer than the next instruction really required. Severus regretted asking her at all, especially now that he'd thrown out how they could just go as friends, but it was too late to take any of it back. Finally, Lily looked back up. It's just, I was already planning to invite someone else. Mm. Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. I mean, I'll see you there anyway, right? Yes, exactly, that's right. Lily nodded vigorously, her features warming again from their previously panicked state. Severus's didn't warm, though. Instead, he focused back on his own Amortentia brewing. There were still 12 steps to go, and the classroom's distractions were growing, as many students kept doing step 16 wrong, resulting in explosions. <laughs> we've, that's it, with more explosions, mm -hmm. more Christmassy-themed explosions. Time passed in silence between Severus and Lily, until the double lesson was nearly up. 
We should all be just about finished with our potions. Just ten more minutes, Professor Slughorn said from the front of the classroom. Potter sauntered to the front with a capped bottle of his potion, placing it on the table where everyone had to leave their finished work for grading. It smelled like you, Evans, he said with a wink. <laughs> he said with a wink as he walked by them on his way back to the table. Lily turned... Uh, I'm just... I'm that is so dubious. It's yeah. dubious in a way that James can only do. Yeah. It smelled like you, Evans. It's so... Oh, it's so cocky and borderline disgusting. Mm -hmm. And I... But now, as a reader, I'm also fascinated to know what Lily smelled like. I think <laughs> we... Uh -huh. <laughs> I, I think we get there. It, yeah, I, I'm just... Yeah, that, that is just grade A, James. Well done. Mm -hmm. Well done, author. I am with this so much. He said with a wink as he walked by them on his way back to his table. Lily turned red but made no response to him. Severus seethed. He must be who she was inviting. James hadn't even been invited to the first slug club event. I bet it smelled like his mummy. <laughs> Severus hissed under his breath. That, that's a weird thing to say, Lily replied. <laughs> I guess it was. Severus bit out a laugh, thinking about how absurd his comment actually was in context. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't I don't want to think about what James's mum smells like. Uh, there's got to be a lot of smells wafting around this room. Actually, what would Amortentia smell like to you? To me? Yeah. Um. Oh, what would it smell like to me? Definitely baked goods of sorts, like like warm, freshly baked, either like cookies for sure. Yeah. Ooh, Florida um dew, like when it's like morning in Florida, oh, nice. like the dew on the grass. So dewy grass and cookies. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, so it's it, so it's like part Hermione and mm -hmm. and you know because she's she's all about that freshly cut grass. grass. But I love that it was Florida specific because yeah. I thought you were going to say like Florida oranges or something, but no, no Florida grass in the morning mm -hmm. just you know pre-dawn that nice ozone earthiness <laughs> yes i am similar but i love the smell of like earth but after it's rained so mm. there's a word for it's called it's petrichor is the name for that i love that i love uh the smell of uh hot roasted chestnuts is one definitely oh, is mm -hmm. incredible um roast parsnips there's, there's so much food i could go into mm -hmm. but like so i only eat roast, roast parsnips at christmas so it's a double whammy for me because like i love christmas mm -hmm. so of course i would love yeah um there, there, there's just there's so much there's too much to get into in this episode but i just thought it would be like because there's bound to be like so many smells wafting around the room i'm so curious as to to mm -hmm. to know like to be in all of these characters heads as they're smelling what they love well and it has to be really intense because as it's being brewed by everyone it's not like it only smells like what it is to the person brewing it like everyone's vapor is completely engulfed in that room you have to be literally like choking on all the like glorious smells that just make you okay how are these kids not horny right now like how are these like <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, have you ever really been horny for food? Yes. Like, if they're smelling food, have you been horny for... Okay, this is this is a really specific question and I almost don't want to know the answer. Oh, God. Have you ever been horny for Florida Jew? 
mean, I love a roast parsnip, but I don't know that I'd want to fuck one. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, okay. Uh, they're bound to be, let, let's just leave it. They're bound to be smelling other things other as well. Mm -hmm. As well as the food and all of the rich aromas of that. They're, they're going to be smelling other things. And this is another reason why getting students to brew this potion at this age is bound to be really dangerous. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the reason, the reason I even asked you the question is that we're about to find out what Lily's Amortentia smells like. And do you want to guess... Do you want to have a go at what she says her amortentia will smell like? I can barely think of what mine would be. Um, so I'd okay. So is there something food related? Uh yes. There's a food related element and a different aroma. <laughs> okay, let's see if I can guess the food. I don't know. Food. This is an impossible question. Yeah, I'm not I'd like I'm not looking for you to be right. I just well, want to see know. if you're if you're vibing with this author right now. Like what does Lily like she's just said she doesn't know what she loves. Right. Um so this has to be revealing something to her that she didn't previously knew that she loved. So I think that's the biggest hint I can give you. Mm, I have no idea. I'm going to just ask you to cast your mind back to the shipping tags for this fic. What are we shipping? What multi-ship are we shipping here? Right. Oh, well, that's what I was thinking. So it's like, so we have Remus and we have Severus, right? Yeah. So I feel like she would smell like, I don't know, for Remus... Maybe something earthy, outdoorsy, because he's, you know, either like because he spends a lot of time away, like even just like, you know, for the full moons or something like that, or I don't know, something like, I, I don't know. I don't know if it would be like werewolfy related or not. We we will, we will get that. Uh, we'll and get then that. like, I feel like with Severus, like, I don't know what his smell would be besides like various potions ingredients. But that could be anything. You are so... I tell you what, Megs, you are psychic. I am, like, I'm just going to go on with this fic because you are going to whoop when you hear this stuff. <laughs> nice! Okay, okay. I'm, I'm so glad I asked you this before I read on because this is about to get good. Nice. Okay, Okay, right. okay, okay. Okay, mm -hmm. so she says, so Lily says, I think I'm done with mine. What about you? Lily asked. She seemed stressed out. I need to wait another two minutes for it to set. What does yours smell like? He asked. I can't really tell. She worried her lip. Can't tell or don't want to tell mm. me. No, no, it's, it's more, it's something odd. She frowned deeply. There's my mum's shepherd's pie. No surprises okay. there. And then some sort of mineral scent. Almost like... The lake water. <gasps> okay. But the third thing, it's herbal. I can't place it. Severus sniffed her cauldron on impulse, stupidly forgetting it would smell entirely different to him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there was no shepherd's pie or lake water. Instead, it smelled distinctly like Lily's floral scented muggle shampoo and like the specific chemical scent potions made when they correctly changed composition. There was oh. something else, though, an aromatic herb. It was familiar, a potions ingredient he'd used before. It hit him suddenly. Wolfsbane. <gasps> yes, that's it, Lily exclaimed. Severus looked at her sharply. You smell Wolfsbane too? Oh. Yes. Wait, you do too? 
Yes. They exchanged a bewildered look. Do you know any werewolves? He joked. (laughs) (laughs) No, do you? She replied with a laugh. Severus shook his head, laughing as well. The sense he'd noticed before suddenly became stronger as he glanced at his cauldron to find that his potion was done. Let's turn these in. Severus stood and scooped his finished potion into a bottle. Lily did the same and they dropped them off at the front table. All right, time is up. Whatever you've completed, please bottle it and bring it up to the front for your grade, Professor Slughorn called. How'd yours turn out, Evans? James asked. Perfectly, Lily replied with a smirk. Severus and I are both secretly in love with a werewolf, as it turns out. Oh my god, this is amazing! Yes, Dottier has done oh. it again! They are doing mm. it again. I am all about this fic. So, so, oh, wait, wait. Yes. For, so, James's reaction is next. Wait, what? James asked. <laughs> His expression mm. alarmed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you not know what a werewolf is, Potter? Severus asked, placatingly. <laughs> Let's go, James, Sirius said, ushering James away. That was weird, Lily muttered. They're weird, Severus said darkly. (laughs) Yeah, Lily murmured, her thoughts clearly somewhere else. Severus didn't press. I'll see you in charms, he said instead. Charms, yeah. See you, Sev. She half smiled, still barreling down whatever train of thought she'd boarded. Severus hurried out of the classroom since he had herbology next. The greenhouses weren't exactly nearby. He bumped pretty hard into someone, waiting to head into potions, and muttered an apology. It's fine, the person mumbled. Severus looked back to see Remus Lupin rubbing his arm where he'd hit him. The Gryffindor looked dishevelled and guarded in a way that Severus recognised. He glanced around for James and Sirius. They all seemed to be friends, though Remus was never mean to him like they were. The deviants weren't around, so Severus took a couple of steps back towards him. Sorry, he repeated. I said it's fine. You're clearly in a hurry. Remus was looking at the floor, but Severus could see his face was badly bruised. I have herbology, Severus explained. But are you okay? I'm fine. You should go. You're going to be late. Remus still wouldn't look up. Severus hung back a moment longer. Listen, I know we're not really friendly, but if you need someone to talk to, you know, about whatever. He trailed off, shocked he'd just offered an ear to Remus. Remus met his eyes finally. The purplish-black marring his face was more shocking in the full light. Severus made no reaction. His mother's face had looked worse than Remus's many times. Thanks, Remus whispered. Severus nodded. Something held him in place locked with Remus's eyes. His throat tightened, the way it tended to do around Lily whenever she looked at him as if he were the only person in her world. Ah, mm-hmm. Well, I should get to class myself. I'm terribly behind in potions, and I'm not even in the advanced class like you, Remus said, attempting a smile and wincing at the pain it caused his wounds. Essence of Myrtle, Severus said. It was what he used on his and his mum's wounds at home. He quickly fled to the greenhouses, only realising that his response had no context for Remus, 
when he was midway through his herbology lesson. A passage of time. The next couple of weeks passed in a strange blur. Severus was certain Lily was taking James to the Christmas party. Every time he looked over at the Gryffindor table, she was sitting with him and his friends, including Remus. Somehow, he kept running into Remus everywhere he went. It was like their schedules suddenly aligned when they never had before. Severus found he didn't mind, especially because Remus would always smile at him as they passed. It wasn't something he knew how to explain, even to himself, but he seemed to have romantic feelings for Remus. Yeah, he did! Well, thank you for acknowledging it. Wow! Yes! Well, it appears that I just might be romantically interested with Remus Lupin. And of course, (laughs) of course, you know, Snape is arithmetically analyzing all of his feelings. He's like, wow, maybe this is romantic attraction. I will file this (laughs) in the potentially interested column. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so we're going to be reintroduced to an OC again here. Unfortunately, Lucinda Talkalot seemed to have feelings for Severus. She'd started... (laughs) Yes, she did. Yes, she did. She is complicating these feelings. She started hounding him like James (laughs) did Lily. And even the Slytherin common room became an impossible place to hang out. Finally, in an attempt to get her off his back, he agreed to go with her as friends to the Christmas party. Lucinda did not seem to understand what as friends meant, however, and her attentions (laughs) multiplied. Luckily, the Christmas party arrived only four days after that, and he found himself escorting Lucinda into the decorated office of Professor Slughorn. Oh, it's marvellous! And look at... Oh, no, no, this is this is not she's Slughorn. She's not Slughorn. No. I'm thinking... <laughs> she's not Slughorn. I'm just not looking. Uh, oh, it's marvellous. And look at all these important people. What a night we'll have here. Sevy, she gushed. <laughs> Sevy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Severus smiled through gritted teeth. He's so good. At, he's so good at that smile. He only wanted mm-hmm. to keep Lucinda around until Lily and James saw them together. Slughorn arrived seconds later to greet them. Here's Slughorn. Miss Talkalot, Mr. Snape, how good are you to make it? I have people to introduce to both of you. He led them into the party. Once they were in front of someone who looked far too athletically built to be anything other than a professional Quidditch player, Professor Slughorn made the introductions for Lucinda. As she struggled to maintain composure with the wizard Severus had never heard of, Slughorn led him away. I'm surprised you didn't come with Miss Evans. Well, she's bringing a date. Oh, that's her date. Professor Slughorn frowned. What do you mean? She's here. Shade, Slughorn, shade. Well, you know, head of Slytherin (laughs) House, he's bound to have a fan Mm -hmm. with shade written across it somewhere. Um, Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What do you mean? She's here? Severus looked around for her. Yes, she came with that Gryffindor boy Albus made prefect. I thought it was a pity invitation. Damn, Slughorn! Wow! Okay, I thought it was a pity invitation. Professor Slughorn shrugged. Oh, my goodness. Ah, but here they are now. Severus, you've made it, Lily cried, and Severus turned to her. Remus? He gasped upon seeing her supposed date. Oh, wow, Severus is, like, keeping the shade as well. See, her supposed date. 
Hi, Remus said with a shy smile. I thought... Severus stopped mid-thought, glad Lily hadn't brought James. There was no need to bring him up. Let's get some fresh air. There's a balcony, Lily said, leading the two boys towards it. They were the only ones out there when Lily closed the door behind them. The dark sky of a new moon made the December air even colder as it rushed around their dress robes. He noticed Remus's looked nearly as shabby as his own. It's beautiful tonight. You can see all the stars, Lily remarked. She shivered, and Severus slid his cloak off and wrapped it around her shoulders. Thanks, but I'm going to get a hot batavia. Do either of you want one? Sounds nice, Remus said. I'm okay, Severus said. She handed him back his cloak and slipped inside. Thanks for the tip about the essence of Myrtlap, Remus said once they were alone. Oh, sure. Severus felt his face heat up. Sorry, I, I ran off without explanation. It's fine. Remus reached out and took his hand. Severus swallowed hard at his bodily reaction to Remus's touch. They looked at each other in silence, neither daring to risk the moment with words. They're really hot, so be careful, Lily's voice rang out as she returned some minutes later. Severus tried to pull his hand away from Remus's grasp, but Remus laced their fingers together and squeezed him tighter <gasps> instead. Oh, God. Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh, my heart. And on a balcony, oh. we're in the new moonlight. Oh, it's so romantic. Oh, my oh. gosh. Oh, wow. I am just so, I am so... Oh, I've never snooping so hard right now. I am just so, oh my God. Apparently I can ship Snape with any marauder. I didn't know I could do this. Yes. Oh, this is gorgeous. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <sighs> Lily glanced down at their joint hands and smiled. A pit grew in Severus's stomach. Surely this was all a cruel joke. He jerked away towards the door. Sev, wait, Lily called. I'm not playing your game. This isn't a game, she said. Sev, please stay, Remus said. Oh, God. <laughs> Severus hesitated, turning to face them. Their eyes were pleading, gentle, earnest. It's cold, he said. Within seconds, Remus had wrapped an arm around his shoulder and Lily around his waist. They stood huddled together and Severus relaxed. I'm glad you invited Remus. Me too said Lily with a warm smile. Remus pulled him closer and Severus swelled with happiness. The night's events were unexpected, but everything felt exactly right. Oh my God. How are they so good? How are they so freaking good? This was amazing. Wasn't it just? Oh my God. This is I mean, oh my god, this was so gorgeous. And I I love, I mean, I love Snape POV, obviously, anyway. So it was just him navigating just like Lily and then Remus. And I'm curious if there was like a discussion that was had or like confessions between Remus and Lily before the party and the reason mm -hmm. why this like ended up being okay because it seemed like Lily was like okay I gotta give them their moment and then I'm coming back and then it's like okay we good like we good all right and everyone hug we're fine <laughs> yeah I love I love how that was orchestrated oh. so it started as like you had the moments between Snape and Lily and then they were sort of getting closer and then you had that wonderful yeah. moment with well I love the build-up I love the build-up of like 
them accidentally on purpose bumping into each other and like yes. Severus is aware of his feelings but doesn't know how to handle them which is so on point for him oh. and then you know and then you had that last scene where everything could have gone to pieces and instead yes. instead because it's the holidays and we're feeling warm today I am I'm so oh. pleased to be able to read you this ending and now I want to know what happens I love that story but I need more of them i need more of them together oh my gosh absolutely but it was a it is a gorgeous ending like it is like a perfect gorgeous moment of them on the balcony together all hugging and i can only imagine severus's heart like just exploding and not being able to like yeah swelled with happiness but still like i just oh my gosh it's just so so amazing but i will never i cannot get over the moment when lily's like joking like oh apparently sev and i are are in love with a werewolf and she like what what wasn't that <laughs> incredible just so james's good. look of complete shock uh, like i can visualize it oh. perfectly it's so good and my characterization of slughorn as the sultan from aladdin was so spot on because there's a balcony at the end and you have the do you trust me scene i know i know and they're out there and like the <gasps> Oh God! The hands lacing together. You know when when it's one thing to grab someone's hand, but when you lace your fingers together. Oh my God! Oh yeah. God! The lacing of the fingers. It's almost as good as a deepening kiss. It's almost. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm literally gagged. Far boaty daughter, how dare you? How dare you make such amazing <laughs> content? This is just so. So good. Oh, God, I loved it. I love 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 it. I mean, I love this trio just as much as like we did the like James Severus Lily, you know, thing. This seems like obviously James brings in that you know, like you can characterize Remus as like, okay, he's the nice marauder, like may not have that animosity between them. So it's like with James, it's like, okay, there's the hate potential love and the healing and whatever. But it's like with Remus, you're just like, oh my gosh, the three of them, it's just, it's just so sweet and it feels right and it feels good. And I'm just like, that's just, oh my gosh. That's absolutely wonderful. And they all, you know, they all feel like outsiders and they're alienated in their own way. And but then they come Mm -hmm. together and they are become each other's family. Isn't it just wonderful? Oh, it's so good. Oh, well, I think my next one is going to be really sweet and wholesome. And it's gonna, yeah, it's like, this is another longer ish one. So this one is called Potter Baby by dark angel of sorrow returns potter baby yes so it literally is like it's inspired by you know santa baby so there are some lyrics in here and i'm gonna try and sing them so we'll see oh nice (laughs) yes give that to me this is the whoever wrote this so that megs would sing it i am so deeply (laughs) grateful to you right now i i yeah of course of course you need to sing it like you're i mean clearly i mean you could run rings around kylie minogue i'm ready i'm ready (laughs) so this one's rated t for teen the pairing is harmony so it's harry and hermione interesting and i'm pretty sure it's background i think it's background ron and pansy so we have background ranzy um so yeah fluff and humor inspired by santa baby um summary a shower of gifts proves to be worth it in the end is the summary oh um shifts between harry and hermione's points of view 
every other scene. Hope you enjoy. Okay, so that's good to know. Blimey, Ron exclaimed to Harry with a huff. I'm starting to hate this time of year. Harry gave him a sideways glance as his fingers grazed the display shelf before them. Do I dare ask why? Ron's hands jutted out in front of him as he made an exasperation as if the answer was obvious. These bloody gifts, Harry! It's one thing to get the perfect gift for my fiancé, but to get the perfect gift that tops the last perfect gift? How am I supposed to know which one is which anymore? Ron raised his arms and then waved them down in a snap. I can't keep up, mate. <laughs> Harry chuckled lightly. You're marrying Pansy Parkinson, Ron. What did you expect? Of course he is. <laughs> the redhead in question ran a hand through his hair and gripped it. I dunno, not this. I reckon Myony isn't that difficult in gi to gift round Christmas. Quite the true statement. Oh, here we go. Potter baby, just slip a nasal under the tree for me. I'll wait up for you, dear Potter baby, and hurry through the flu tonight. Oh, yes! <laughs> that, I'm just gonna, that's just gonna be a text tone from now on. Like, any anytime you send me a message in Telegram, that's, that's what I'm gonna be hearing. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yes. Continue. <laughs> Hermione eyed the box in her lap skeptically. It had a decent weight to it, and it clearly contained something that required the need to breathe given the small holes etched in, on each side. Though the vibrant gold and baby blue wrapping material kept her from making a full assessment or guess to the box's contents. Her eyes shifted from the present to Harry. He was leaning against the fireplace in his flat, supporting that horrid, flashy Christmas jumper her mom gave him the year before. Despite the obvious distraction on his person, Harry's gaze was on her, clearly watching for the curious witch's next move. You do this every year, Hermione, and I've yet to prank you, Harry remarked lightly. Open it. Hermione pointed a finger towards him as she gave him a warning glare. One has to be cautious when the words Dirty Santa are floating about the burrow, she said. <laughs> very, very good point, Hermione. I'm with you on this. Harry snickered, which only made Hermione's eyes narrow. Nonetheless, she removed the top of the box and peered inside. It was barely a second later that the brunette gasped. Staring up at her was a thick, fluffy half-neasel. The fur was caramel, with an orange patch on its chest. Its head was tilted, as if it were examining her, instead of the other way around. I know you've missed Crickshanks since he passed over the summer, Harry said. Oh. She hadn't noticed, I know, she hadn't noticed that he'd moved from the fireplace until she felt his hand on her shoulder. That's also when she noticed her tears staining her jeans. Oh. Think of all the fun I've missed. Think of all the blokes that I haven't kissed. His cheeks were flushed beet red. His position in front of Hermione was the last one he'd thought he'd be in. Given the redness that tinged Hermione's cheeks, he could tell she was having similar thoughts. It'd been an accident, really. He was running from the twins' latest flying contraption, the bloody thing having protection charms all over it, when he crashed into Hermione in the burrow's sitting room. While it was fortunate that nothing was broken, it was unfortunate that they had landed under something far worse. A fresh, dazzling mistletoe. Harry knew better than to believe it was an ordinary mistletoe. 
Oh. He'd rather face the flying contraption. Her wide, chocolate eyes bore into his, and she chewed on her bottom lip. Wait, wait, wait a minute. But I want to know what, like, dazzling mistletoe is, like, I'm so intrigued, like... Is it, like, sparkling? Like, it might be, like, kind of, like, glowing or sparkling, you know? But I, mean? also, wa- I also want to know why Harry's running from it, like... I, why he's more afraid of this than ordinary mistletoe? Like, are you required to do like kissing and well, then I think some? That it, I I think it's the fact that their feelings were never confessed, and he was like, right, right, you know, like he's just like, oh my god, like mortification, like oh my god, I'm under the mistletoe with Hermione Granger, sort of thing. He's like, I'd rather just go hide. Yeah, but it's not just mistletoe; it's dazzling mistletoe. Dazzling so, mistletoe. So I've got it. His feelings are going to become dazzlingly obvious. That's why. Yeah. This, this there is we why. Go. Yeah. Okay. Continue. <laughs> um. But 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 the her wide chocolate eyes bore into his, and she chewed her bottom lip. He wished she hadn't done that. The flush on his face was heading in the southern direction. <laughs> okay. Wow. Oh, yes, author. You go there. Yep, we've all been there. Just, okay. <laughs> just a peck so we can leave, Harry said, hoping mm. he sounded convincing. It'll only take a second. Hermione oh. nodded, glancing towards the floor. That's the best solution. It's logical. <laughs> she bit her bottom lip again. It's just that... um. I haven't, fourth year, she was babbling, (laughs) which was not Hermione. From the words he could make out, Harry could put the pieces together. Make out? Victoria's feeling of figuring out was vastly overshadowed by the awkwardness of their reality. Oh, Hermione hadn't kissed anyone in nearly six years. That was awkward for Harry because of the flurry of thoughts coming to mind. His last kiss was last week. Oh, Harry. It's like, oh, I kissed somebody last week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. His last kiss was last week, if he really wanted to count being harassed and assaulted by by his secretary, Penelope. (laughs) There was no mistletoe around, like the blonde claimed. He'd checked. (laughs) His experiences aside, he couldn't help but wonder how someone like Hermione, even with her occasional violent tendencies, hadn't been kissed in years. Then he wondered what this moment meant for her, what it'd mean for him, and what would happen if... He felt his heart stop as her soft lips pressed against his own, Mm -hmm. and it lasted far longer than one second. Okay, this is a mouthful, so I'm going to do my best here. Okay. You can do this. Um, <laughs> I believe. Potter, baby. I want flourish and blots, and really, that's not a lot. <laughs> Been an angel all year, Potter, baby. So hurry through the flu tonight. Yay! <laughs> I did it. I did it. I made it through. Hermione was highly disappointed in herself to the highest degree. Harry, with Ron's assistance, managed to get the drop on her in her flat, which led her to be blindfolded and taken to some unknown location. Okay. She was not a huge fan of surprises, and they wonder why she had to whack them every now and the, now and then. <laughs> I'm absolutely, I'm so, I'm so, I'm absolutely imagining that. Um, Ouch, Ron! You stood on my foot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, I'm cutting across you. Continue. <laughs> no problem. 
when I can see again, I swear you both will feel my wrath, Hermione Huff. <laughs> yes, Hermione. Or at least my, <laughs> or at least my irritation. Ron left right after we blindfolded you, Harry replied. He'll feel it when I find him then. I may change your mind after this. Ooh, buddy. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Hermione snorted harshly as she felt his fingers graze her skin to remove the tie around her eyes. It was claimed to be an extra precaution since the Prats also cast a temporary blinding spell. Oh my what? goodness. They were really rigorous with this. Woo. Like, you must not see where we're going. I'm even going to temporarily disable <laughs> you to oh be like, gosh. yeah. And then like, okay, not liking surprises is one thing, but then literally like blinding someone and bringing them to somewhere they've never been before. Like what is going on? That Having said that, I am invested, so good job, Arthur. Well done. Harry Potter, she said. For as long as you've known me, you know I keep my word. He muttered something that she gathered was the counter to the spell. And when she could see again, Hermione whipped around to point her finger at him and poke his chest. He was in possession of her wand, after all. Now that I can properly see again, you're going to feel... Hermione trailed off as she looked around the familiar shop with a frown. Why are we in Flourish and Blots, Harry? Isn't it closed for the holidays? Harry rubbed the back of his neck sheepishly. Yeah, well, I owled the manager with a request. For a good price. The shop is yours to enjoy for the remainder of the day. Oh. Any of the books you wish to take back to your flat is already paid for. Her irritation dissipated under hearing his explanation, and her heartbeat quickened. Passage of time. Come and trim my Christmas tree. With some decoration bought in diagonally. I really do believe in you. Let's see if you believe in me. Potter baby forgot to mention one little thing. A ring. Another year came and went, and the holidays were back again. While the two frequented around one another, Hermione couldn't shake the feelings that were growing for Harry. From his thoughtful gifts to the brief kiss under the mistletoe at the burrow, how could she not? She wanted to pretend things didn't happen between them in that way because there were still the other days in the year that she faced him. What? Okay, hold on. There's, there's, there's a lot of words here. <laughs> she wanted to pretend things didn't happen between them in that way because there were still the other days in the year she faced him and him and the others. Surprisingly, their routine around one another didn't change. She had shamefully expected it to change considering his track record of the other woman he was close to. Though, with all the things they'd encountered together, she wasn't, she wasn't, I'm sorry. My, I've been it's so it's, much it's, talking. It's, it is a maze of words. You are doing so, tremendously. So, it is fine. You are doing a good job. Though, with all the things they'd encountered together, she wasn't like the other women, was she? The rattling of glass started, startled Hermione and pulled her from her thoughts. She looked over her shoulder to see Harry coming through the living room entryway, carrying a box of Christmas baubles, threatening to spill over the sides. You can thank Parkinson for all of these. I only asked for her opinion, and now I owe Ron two nights at the pubs of his choosing, he said with a small frown. Hermione clicked her tongue, tilting her head in an effort to deter a rush of emotions. You didn't have to do that, Harry, she said. 
I'm more than capable of buying my own baubles. Harry shook his head. If anyone knows it, it's me, Myony, he said with a light shrug. I just wanted to do it. She pursed her lips. Something sounded suspicious in his words. You'll have to do better than that, mister. Out with it. Last year you gifted me with so much, and now you're back again trying to decorate my tr the tree in my flat as if you don't have your own. She had to know. I appreciate you so much, Harry, but why? He sighed as he set the box down on the table next to Milo. Luckily, the half-neasel didn't appear as grumpy as Crookshanks would have. He then knelt on one knee next to Hermione with a sigh. The Weasleys are always going, going to be family to us, Harry said, and logically it would be easier to stay where I fit in, as it were. Harry shook his head and looked into Hermione's eyes. Something changed last year for me. Spending my time with, with and on you for the holidays was like, I don't know, home. Hermione wondered if he could hear her heartbeat pounding in her chest like she did. You've always been there, Hermione, and to feel that familiarity means a lot to me. It took more time than I wanted for me to realize that I shouldn't and don't want to let go of that. I want to feel like this with you throughout the entire year and not just around Christmas. He was red in the face, and Hermione couldn't find it in herself to breathe as he pulled a small box out of his pocket. Oh. Upon opening it... There was a silver band with an oval-shaped sapphire in its center. Do you feel what I feel? Harry whispered. Hermione released a short breath. Her answer was immediate. Yes. Would you like to feel this way year-round? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Harry held her left hand, and she could feel it shaking. Marry me. Her emotions betrayed her wannabe strong demeanor as tears cascaded down her cheeks. She should be thinking about all the things rationally and clearly. She should, she really should. Yes, Harry, I will. His vibrant green eyes sparkled, and he slipped the ring on her finger with a shaky breath. Hermione released a sound mixed with a laugh and a sob as Harry pulled her close into a hug. What he probably didn't realize was that her, Hermione was overcome with the emotion and decided to take initiative much like she did with the mistletoe. The hug changed into a kiss, and she poured what she had tried denying and pushed back through it. Harry swiftly followed suit. Hurry through the flu tonight. Hurry. Tonight. The end. Oh my <laughs> goodness! Oh my goodness! This author has done a splendid job with so many wonderful, like, there were so many things I always look for in a harmony. There's always chocolate eyes. There's always mm -hmm. eyes sparkling. There's like, there's so many good things. There's always myony. Like, and I, yeah. I love yeah. all of these things. And this author managed to, like, p parcel them all up neatly for me and conceal them within the story. So when we hit them, I was like, yes, yeah. I, mm -hmm. I feel I'm feeling very satisfied right now and like ultimately like when that proposal happened I was just like oh my god is she gonna say no is she actually gonna say no <laughs> uh, after all this after so much build up her answer was immediate no <laughs> yeah, immediate no Harry no no just just no <laughs> 
<laughs> what are you what are you doing I, I we would. kissed once under the mistletoe you bit we talked like normal friends all year long like where uh, is this coming yes. from <laughs> yes exactly no but when when so okay so when he was carrying the box of baubles into the room i initially yeah. thought that he was going to have the ring concealed in the box somewhere and would uh-huh. levitate it up to the top of the christmas tree like where the the star or the angel would be or whatever um, oh or like if they were like decorating the tree and were taking bauble after bauble and then got to the bottom and there was like a box in there and her yes. mind was like what is this oh yes 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 yes, so yes but this story was everything so good and i loved the the hint too which i would assume i have a september birthday as does hermione and sapphire is our birthstone so i'd imagine that's why she was gifted a sapphire oh that's so thoughtful i did i didn't even twig gorgeous Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i only like when i read it i was like oh it's like sapphire like because that's yeah that's my birthstone so so yeah that was the santa baby fic or potter baby rather so that was very sweet uh, amazing mm-hmm. and your singing was everything that i wanted it to be thank you for that that was a you're treat. welcome i'm glad i made it through okay <laughs> <laughs> Remember when Nathan wanted to know how Draco's sweater got to be pink? Well, we know the answer because Dan Puff wrote us a fic. Enjoy! Prankmas Eve by Dan Puff It's not the dead of night in which Fred and George choose to sneak. It isn't proper sneaking at all, really. It is, instead, the full light of day in which they bound down the stairs up to nothing but trouble. Mum bustles about the kitchen, making fruit cakes and gingerbread, hard candies and fudge. Harry, her assistant, spends more time ducking out of her way than helping. Snape, too, is allowed in the kitchen to whip up batches of eggnog and mulled wine. Neville is sent away with his shoulders slumped, but it really is for the best that he not be allowed near the kitchen. It is for the best that Fred stay away too, but still he squeezes his way inside. It's not that he doesn't want to steal a bite of cake or cookie, and he definitely doesn't want to see Harry grope Snape's bum when he thinks no one's looking. Merlin, he's going to have to hex out his eyes. But it is distraction, not sugar, that is Fred's priority. George, Mum shouts, and Fred briefly worries that she's spotted George sneaking off with a bundle of cloth. Except she hasn't. Mum, I'm Fred. Fred corrects her cheerily. Unless I am, George. Do you think maybe I forgot which twin I am? Best consult George. Or Fred. Oh, Georgie! Fred reaches for a bit of fudge, but finds himself facing Snape's wand instead. Fred manages to get a hand on a candy cane and lifts it with a grin and a wave before jogging off. A passage of time. Upstairs, George grins as he examines the jumper Mum knitted for Draco, grey with a maroon stripe, the opposite of Ron's maroon with a grey stripe. The posh Pratt won't care much about the jumper, the twins are sure, so why not welcome him to the family this way? Besides, it will hurt Mum's feelings less when Draco doesn't like it. What do we think? Orange? George asks when Fred enters their bedroom. A candy cane hangs out of his brother's mouth. Oi, where's mine? You look down the business end of Snape's wand and get your own, Fred replies. I'm thinking gold. Very Gryffindor. No, we're only changing the stripe. The rest is too much work. 
George, Fred exclaims, scandalised. No prank is too much work. We only have so much time. A wave of George's wand flings the jumper midair and he walks around to examine it. Fred shrugs his shoulders and talks around his candy cane. Fine, but gold is still too Gryffindor for him. Gold is too fancy. He'll like it. Gold doesn't suit his complexion. I still say orange. George flicks his wand and the maroon stripe turns a deep burnt orange. George frowns. No, not quite. Orange, the shade brightens. Come on, George. Are you Fred, by the way? Gold, Fred says. The stripe gleams a vivid gold that possibly looks worse against the grey than the orange did. George considers this as he strokes his chin, but inevitably shakes his head. Nah, Fred, we're welcoming to the Weasleys after all. The stripe turns orange again. And what a warm welcome it is. Fred agrees, and seeing as how his Ronikins is little treasure, the stripe turns gold. Then gold it shall be. George taps his wand against his nose. Silver sparks dribble out of the end. Are you thinking what I'm thinking, Gred? Silver and gold. I don't know, Forge. He might actually like it. Too garish for him, George says. Very unfashionable, you know, and he'll think we're making fun of him. Which we are, says Fred. We are, agrees George. What good is having new family members if one can't tease them? Even Snape had a taste of it last year with a head full of silver tinsel. But Snape had had the last laugh in the end. Green freckles just weren't as festive after Christmas. And it took the twins a solid month to set them right. Very impressive magic, that. He'll make a great business partner once they talk him into it. Fred and George set their sights on the jumper with very different ideas of what to do. Silver and gold mingle grotesquely along the stripe. The twins frown. They don't want it to look that awful. Or maybe magenta, Fred offers half-heartedly. Blotches of magenta appear atop the muddied colour. George flicks his wand at Fred. Hey, we had an agreement. Apparently not. Fred says, and flicks magenta sparks at his brother. The jumper ripples midair as the twins shoot coloured sparks across the room. Blue bedclothes turn magenta, blue curtains now orange, the wood dresser now lime green. The jumper's stripe is hit several more times. Teal, then violet, then yellow. Scarlet sparks narrowly miss the grey of the jumper. They hit Fred's ginger hair instead. Oh, now you've done it. Fred whips his candy cane out of his mouth to point it at his twin rather than his wand as he intends. George cackles as Fred fumbles for his wand and shoots off a second spell as he begins to laugh too. The pink sparks hit not George's head, but the jumper. The stripe turns not the hot pink he intended, but a pretty blush pink that suits the grey quite nicely. Fred and George stop laughing long enough to appreciate how pretty the jumper is now. Then they fall into peals of laughter once more. Oh, Merlin, gasps George, wiping the tears from his eyes. I guess gold won't be so bad. No, you were right. Orange will be best, Fred says. Besides, it'll make Ron think of the cannons. He'll love it. And Draco will hate it, George agrees brightly. Genius, dear brother. Well, it was your idea. As one, Fred and George raise their wands, and as one, they shoot orange sparks at the jumper. The stripe 
glows a bright orange-pink. Then the colours shift alarmingly, orange and pink separating before orange is flung back into their faces. The stripe remains pink. Fred and George frown. Brown, maybe? Fred suggests. By the end of the hour, Fred and George's freckles have never been so vivid or so colourful. Orange and brown and gold and canary yellow. The tips of George's ginger hair are blue. Fred's fingernails are green. Still, the stripe stays pink. They cannot tell why the stripe has become resistant to change. Their best guess is that they overloaded the material with too much magic and it's expelling further spell work. They don't have time to test it further. The twins sneak back downstairs where George returns the jumper to Mum's pile and Fred gets an unfortunate eyeful of his sister snogging and groping, Hermione beneath the mistletoe. Mum is still too busy in the kitchen to pay him much mind, though at least Harry has found a safe corner in which to fix his trifle. Only Snape spares Fred a glance. I've been practising new hair spells, see? Fred says brightly. Snape's wand arm twitches and Fred flees. A passage of time. Christmas Day doesn't start off very well. Mum cries, which the twins really should have seen coming. It was only meant to be a laugh, but then it turns out that Draco loves his jumper. This marks a failure in the prank category, but Mum cheers up and the twins breathe a sigh of relief. He really is pretty, isn't he? Fred grumbles. Draco and Ron snuggle on the sofa. Ron grins so broadly that his face looks as though it might split in half, and Draco's cheeks are a lovely pink as he whispers in Ron's ear. He'd be less pretty in orange, George sighs mournfully. There's always next year, Fred says. There most certainly will not, said a sharp voice behind them. Fred and George yelp and spring to their feet. Mum stands there, fists planted on her hips. How else is he supposed to know he's part of the family? George asks defensively. Mum's eyes narrow. You can start. She glances around the room, then leans closer. By spelling your brothers to match. Fred and George blink, then turn to look at Ron once more. Ronnie, in pink. Fred and George beam. Yes, Mum. Thank you, everybody, who has sent yes. us thick to read to you for this holiday extravaganza. This has been I... so, so good for my soul. Oh, it's I just it's just amazing. This is what I love so much about fandom and fan fiction and just like the love and care and everything that people think of and and create. And it's just like you can feel the emotion and the purpose and the fact that everyone knows and loves these characters and have so much fun with this world. Oh, I just love being a part of this. This was so great. Yeah, just just as you said, like, thank you to everyone who let us read today because this has been an absolute joy. Oh, I am so, so, just so happy that we're able to do something different for you around this time of year. We knew we wanted mm -hmm. to do something and just the fact that, you know, we were able to get like listener written content that you wanted mm -hmm. to share with us to have us read to you is incredible and i'm so i'm thankful beyond my capacity for words to say exactly how i feel this is this has just been 
exceptional. Mm-hmm. Well, I am exhausted. I mean, wow. We, it's, it's been a long, woo. Oh, my goodness. Well, so now finishing this up, once again, we can finally say, yes, travel is next. We are so excited to get into Draco Malfoy's. I mean, it's just... It's going to be so much fun, um, Neville, and just how their dynamic is together and how it compares to, like, say, either of them in, like, alternative pairings and things like that. Um, that's going to be so much fun. I can't, I cannot wait. I am so excited. As I have stated previously, when I've thought that we were doing travel, I, <laughs> I am still excited and I can't wait to give that to you next time. I'm not going to say next week because we don't do this in weekly intervals. No. Come back whenever this is airing and you will see the episode uh, that we made for you (laughs) yes and yeah and like i said let us know if you liked this like if this is something that you would like to do again because like i mean it would be super fun to do like a valentine's episode like this would be super cute or like you know different stuff like that i think that would be super fun but uh yeah Yeah, i definitely think i mean i really enjoyed this i hope it was fun i hope it was as fun to listen to as it mm-hmm. was to make for you because really i mean my my the smile is not being wiped off my face i mean yes it was a lot of reading but <laughs> it's worth it you guys are worth it i just i love this so much and we actually have a shout out this week for one of our patrons, we have an OTP patron, Katie Hall, who has been supporting us for four months, which we're really excited to have your support. And we love you for that. And thank you so much. I mean, it's we cannot thank anyone involved in helping us keep creating and do what we love and celebrate things. It's just we, we're, we cannot say thank you enough. Yeah, honestly, it means the world to us that you are a patron and have been a patron for so long and that you love what we do that you know we just want to make people's days that little bit better we want to be the reason Mm -hmm. that you laugh in a day you know and the fact that we're able to do this for people and that you're showing your support katie to us is incredible of course we love you you know however you support the pod whether it's you know being being a patron with us or by leaving reviews or by recommending the pod to your friends or Mm -hmm. by getting in touch with us in all the weird and wonderful ways you know how to do by now (laughs) yes Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, so thank you so much for joining us. Happiest of holidays. And I don't know that we're, I don't think we release until after the new year. So happy new year and all those things. Hopefully 2022 comes and is absolutely wonderful to us. (laughs) We'll just have to see. Yeah, have a wonderful festive season, whatever you get up to, however you want to celebrate. Be kind to each other, love one another, and we will see you in the new year. Bye. 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 <laughs> While you're waiting for the next episode, all the shipping fun can continue online. You can head over to all of our social media platforms like Magical Ship Pod on Twitter and Instagram and Care of Magical Shippers on Tumblr. You can get in touch with us by email at careofmagicalshippers at gmail.com or you can leave us a voice message with all of your ship and fic thoughts and feels and have the chance to be featured on a future pod episode. We are also live on Patreon. Patrons have access to early episodes, bonus content, 
extended uncut episodes with all of our nonsense, ficlets written by me, exclusive merch, and a patron discord. Another easy way to show your love for the pod is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. And thank you so much for listening.